This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we are so glad that you are back with us on Real Presence Live. We are your hosts, Brad Gray. And And I'm Janine Bitson, and we're just so grateful for you tuning in this morning to Real Presence Radio and Man, we've had a wonderful morning. Yeah, lots yeah. of hope and lots of... Powerful. Yeah. And uh, certainly starting off with the, the Lord Jesus and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, how better can it get? Oh, right? I know. And, and you know, I'm so, so excited about our next guest, who's going to be talking about the domestic church. That's right. And we, what is it? Yeah, absolutely. we got Emily Leadham, the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Diocese of Sioux Falls on the line with us now. Emily's a voice familiar to our listeners. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning, team. It's a joy to be with you, even virtually. Yes, yes. Well, we've been learning more about this being with people virtually. At least I have, you know, as a as a non social media guy. Uh, it's I've been I've been realizing, you know, there are actually a lot of good things that can be done uh, vir- virtually, even though incarnationally is always the ideal. But there is still a lot of really good ways we can connect, right? I completely agree. It's not the ideal, and yet it's amazing. God uses everything, doesn't he? We still have the opportunity to connect and and to walk away uh, uplifted, uh, even, even despite not being able to be together in real life. Yeah, yeah. You know, another thing, Emily, that that we've kind of been invited to dive deeper into during this time of quarantine is this this idea that the church puts forth of the domestic church. So what is that? What's that all about, this term, the domestic church? Mm, Yeah, so um, we can kind of talk about the church at, at four levels. So we have the universal church, right, which is Pope Francis and his his governance, if you will, over the entire Church of Rome, the entire Church of the world. And then we have diocesan churches. So, you know, Brad, you and I both work at the diocesan level mm-hmm. uh, for for the Catholic Church. And then you have your parishes, and then you have the domestic church. And essentially the domestic church is is the home. It's that first place in which the faith is likely given and received. And that's not the case for all of us. You know, some some people might say, oh, well, I grew up in a non-faith-based home or, or something like that. And yet the, the domestic church is really meant to be that primary place in which a mother and father really pass on the gift of faith, that transmission of faith and and of virtue as well. You know, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a Christian? And and so the Church, especially the last uh, few Holy Fathers that we have had, starting kind of with John Paul II, uh, Benedict, and, and certainly Pope Francis, have really emphasized the role of the domestic Church, recognizing that that's that ought to be the place in which disciples are really formed, in which disciples are born uh, and brought up, cultivated, uh, so that they can become missionaries in the world. Mm, I love it. So, I mean, the domestic church, in many ways, is is the body of Christ on the cellular level, right? I mean, you yes. you want yes. the, the cells of, of an organism must be strong and vibrant in order for the organism in general to be to be healthy, right? That's exactly it. It's that core. It's 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 the heart. You know, in some ways, I kind of think like it's it's the heart of the church mm-hmm. uh, because our parishes, our diocese, our universal church are made up of that cell, are made up of that, and and it's so necessary. So I think if we could put these families together, we would really see just the heart of the church uh, meeting Christ in that way. Mm. And and it's just so important too because in the world we live in, the world teaches our kids so much, and in that 
strength of the domestic church is going to help to um, educate and confront and give them the tools they need, the apologetics they need, the love they need, the the knowledge they need, um, you know, out there in the world. Amen. I could not agree more. Absolutely. You know, it's it's so important now than ever, as our listeners uh, throughout 10 dioceses who are tuned in, to really be intentional about setting up your domestic church, growing your domestic church in a way that helps your kids and your grandkids, uh, or or if you're guardians. Um, it's just really important. And, you know, when I saw, it must have been about a week ago, when the Harvard professor, you know, really attacked homeschooling and the dangers, <laughs> you know, for the parents to be teaching their children, mm. it's just like, wow, if that isn't a wake-up call to really grow your domestic church and be intentional about it, um, it's so, so important um, in this time where we're away from our parishes uh, for, you know, good reason with uh, health concerns, but uh, what we can do as parents is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's all Jesus Christ working through us. Right. I mean, it, it is God working through us. But tell us more, Emily, on how how we can um, make our, our little churches at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a lot of different considerations that, that can be brought forth. Um, I, I have found when I... Uh, consult Google with how to, uh, you know, build up my domestic church, that a lot of what comes forward is, here's, you know, five crafts to make your home more liturgical, or here's, uh, you know, six ways, uh, things that you can do, activities that you can do with your family to, uh, yeah, become the domestic church. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, those things do not resonate with me. I am not a crafty person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy it. It's hard for me, and I usually don't walk away from those things really being uplifted. And mm. so I, you know, as we're kind of growing our family, I've kind of had to take a step back and consider, okay, what is it that's needed for our family to really enter in? Um, and, and, and there's been a couple of different things that, that we have found, but, but the point is I think that there's different things for different families, um, and I think it's important that you kind of have to find your thing. So for us, we love to be outdoors. We love to hike. We love to adventure. We love to camp, um, and that has been really kind of a rooted tradition for our family, and so often when we go for a hike, uh, we pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet or a rosary together, or whatever, you know, and we've got kids on, and on our backs. Um, but we have found that that has been kind of a, a beautiful little tradition that we have started in our family. Um, I think, and then, and then, of course, it's the basic, the everyday things of starting and ending your day with prayer, of mm-hmm. creating sacred spaces in your home, you know, yeah. finding a place of prayer uh, that you can gather as a family, having each, you know, the importance in, in each room in our house, we have either a crucifix or some sort of sacred art. And as I walk by with my three-year-old, we say, you know, say hi to Jesus, um, really reminding her that it's not just at church that we encounter Jesus, but it's also in our home. Yes. Um, and I think the last thing I would say is that the the 
the other thing in my Google searches about domestic church that always came forward uh, as we as we were you know earnestly married and that kind of thing was all of this emphasis on on our children, which I am so grateful for, and it is so essential. But I think sometimes that we forget the role of marriage mm-hmm. in the domestic church, and if and if the sacrament, if the Eucharist is the consummate love of Jesus for the church. For the universal church, marriage is the consummate love in the domestic church. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to pay attention to our marriages. I think we really need to, to recognize that um, it starts there. It, it's the, the consummate love of marriage is what brings forth the fruit of children and of all of these other, you know, a home and, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I would just, I would just say that's the other thing too, in terms of how do we build our domestic church. I think we need to pay attention to our marriages. Yeah, and and you know, true love really is always giving and always receiving, and uh, and and you need to to also have that laughter and mm-hmm. that relationship, um, that friendship um, with your spouse. Uh, you know, our girls, um, they're in their 20s, and they came home for five weeks just while all this was going on and while we're trying to figure, you know, what what's safe, what's best, you know. And uh, my husband and I, uh, he'll, he'll turn on... Um, Italian music when we cook together at night mm. and then all of a sudden he just takes me and he starts dancing around the kitchen and the girls are just watching like that's, that's actually really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and and it's just to you know laugh together and play together and pray together and uh, to be that example of true friends mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. true love yeah mm-hmm. and I and I think that's such a beautiful example and what you're articulating is really this foundation that your girls have been able to witness this foundation of what authentic love looks like. Uh, it's it's an encounter for them, though they might not be able to verbalize it as this right now. It's an encounter for them with the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter for them with what is the love of God. Mm-hmm. They manifest in in your marriage, uh, and I think we're just finding more and more, uh, especially because of the increasing crisis of family, we're finding more and more the necessity of that stability for flourishing individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for children to see that stability is essential. I mean, if you even just look at statistics of, like, absent fatherhood, for example, and yeah. the major ramifications that that has on children well into adulthood, or the ramifications of uh, perhaps divorce or something like that. And and if you're a listener, that might be, you know, if we have listeners that might be saying, well, I come from a broken home, or I, uh, I have experienced, you know, the difficulties of divorce and that kind of thing, that's not to say that you're destined for greater difficulties or that you're destined for, you know, a statistical outcome in life. In fact, I think God works in all things, right? He wastes mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, and yet we have to pay attention to the fact that we're seeing more and more the the stability uh, of the domestic church, of the family, of marriage is uh, really essential for the flourishing of children well into adulthood. You know, and one thing, Emily, too, when you speak about like the health of the family, that that cellular health um, level, if we're going to carry the analogy forward a little bit, like every body, um, every body um, 
experiences illness at times, and there's that process of, of healing and restoration, right? And so people might think, well, I, you know, I, I don't have a perfect marriage. I don't have a perfect family. And I think a big part of actually having that, that health and that integrity is that, that ability, ability and willingness and determination to heal that which is hurt, right? I mean, the, yeah. the willingness to repent and to ask for forgiveness and to give forgiveness and to, to strive to continue to move beyond our own particular sinfulness and that of our spouse, you know, to, to be able to be resolute in healing the wounds there, right? And I think that gives a great example to our children too, even when our perhaps our initial example is flawed, we can show a great example of, of healing in the midst of that, right? Yes. Oh, Brad, I love that you say that. Because, yes, in the same way that our parishes offer the sacraments of reconciliation, we need to access that in our homes. We need to access some sort of healing and restoration in our marriages, because uh, where there's human beings, there will be difficulty. You know, when right, there's, where right. there's human beings, there will be uh, frustration and wounds. Yep. Uh, it just comes with our territory. And so... Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think we need to to uh, figure out how it is in our marriages and in our domestic church with our spouses, but also with our children, being able to ask them for forgiveness, being able to say, you know, have I wronged you in any way, and and how can I make that up to you, or how can I work towards healing with you, whether that's our spouse, our children, uh, anyone. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and in these trying times, there's going to be uh, experiences that can be, you know, um, used for forgiveness and mercy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're all in close quarters and, uh, you know, it's there's the basics of simplicity and laughter and what is necessary and what is fluff. Uh, but definitely the praying together and the forgiving and showing mercy for one another is uh, they're the, the one, too. Absolutely. Emily, Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's just been a treat having you on. You have such great insight into this reality of the domestic church. I'm happy that you were able to share it with us this morning. So thank you for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Great to chat with you. All right. Yeah, well, God bless you. We look day. forward to next time and, and have a, a fan, fantastic rest of your Easter season. Great. Thank you. You as well. God bless. All right. God bless. Up next, we'll take some time to pray for your specific intentions during the Most Holy Rosary. We know some of you may be struggling due to the coronavirus impacts. Uh, we know some of you may have someone in your family that has health issues, or some may have a hard time with a child or a family member leaving the faith. Whatever you might need prayers for, we lay them at the feet of Jesus through our Blessed Mother. That's next when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.